Listener-supported KFUO invites you to listen live to our annual share It's your opportunity to show your support to KFUO. If you can't join us live, please prayerfully consider supporting us by calling 314-996-1518 and asking about our giving levels. You can also click the Give Now button on our webpage. Share 2017, April 20th, 21st, and 22nd. We're on a mission from God. Something completely different. Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, baby! Yeah! This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky on this April Fool's Day. That's right, <laughs> April the 1st. Perfect day for wrestling with a vase. That's right. <laughs> we, we put the fool in foolishness. <laughs> and thanks for the heads up, too, now, by the way. Now I can be on guard the rest of the day. <laughs> That's right. It's like a watch. public service announcement, too, for our listeners. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Just be, well, and, and we've got a couple of exciting things to share with you before we get to our Bible study text. First of all, tell them what's going on, even as you and I are speaking right now. What is going on? First of all, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Oh, yes, Clark. I'm sorry. And I'm Pastor John Lekomsky. And you are from? Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful, egg-covered today, <laughs> South St. Louis. Okay. And I'm from uh, uh, St. Paul's Lutheran in New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt. And explain to the people why you're saying egg-covered. Because today is our annual Easter egg hunt at Ascension Lutheran Church. So stop what you're doing. Get in your car and drive to. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you can right be now. listening on your radio and your still car. still listen. Yeah, yes, yeah. Don't stop don't, that. Don't stop that. No, 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 no. But uh, but really, uh, beginning at nine a.m. this morning, right now as we speak, is the Easter egg hunt festivities. But uh, if you're a few minutes away, don't worry uh, because there's more than just the egg hunt. We've got some uh, music. We've got a children's message, and we're giving away children's books. And of course, we want to keep the focus on Jesus Christ. Yes, That's what yes, this is exactly. all about: His resurrection from the dead. Um, but face painting and food and all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, and then the hunt itself will be around 10 o'clock. So oh, well, you still cool. have time. That, There's that still time. That would work out perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we have uh, three different egg hunts. They're staggered by ages. Yeah. Uh, so come on out. People have are going to be staggering? What? Staggering. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. That's playing hurt, by yeah, the way. He's I, had the flu. Yeah, I'm just recovering from the flu. You don't make me laugh. But okay. uh, yes, yeah, so hopefully we don't have any kids staggering around the, the church grounds or adults for that reason, for, the, for that matter, especially at nine in the morning. But anyway. So, all right. And, and speaking of that, <laughs> I'm not making you laugh. Uh, in honor of April Fool's Day, did, did you know me when I was a fat guy? <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, we've been together for quite you have, a while. You have been pretty slim and trim since I've known That's okay. you, all right. Pastor Jolly John. Because I used to be over 200 pounds, and, and I've lost, I lost like 30 pounds. It got me to where I'm now, around yeah. around. Is there's a holy cow, I think. <laughs> okay, where is it? Where is it? There, I can't find it. There it is. Holy cow. Oh, I'm going to push that up again. Let's try that one more time. Holy there we cow. There we go. So, so anyway, people say, how did you do that? How did you lose that, that 30 pounds? Uh, and I thought I would share my diet secrets because we want to talk about eating today. 
In fact, lots of people eating. That's the way we're going to talk about that. All right. Very good. We so, like so, to eat. So here's the thing. My, my diet plan, by the way, is very, very flexible. You know, a lot of diet plans, you can't eat carbohydrates or you got to quit fats. In my diet plan, you can essentially eat anything you want. Wow. What so, a deal. Well, now, on the other hand, though, it, it requires a great deal of discipline, and and, and it's got, it takes time. Are you talking exercise? Well, no, no, no. I, I'm just talking about that you need to be committed to this program for, for a great length of time. This okay. isn't one of those quick fix deals. Gotcha. So, so this is you got to be here for the long haul. So here's how it works, and, and, and you need to start it right away today because the sooner you start it, the quicker you'll see the results that, that I had. But you need to start drinking at least six cans of soda every day. <laughs> Uh, and again, we're, we're okay. flexible. It could be Coke. It could be Dr. Pepper. I, okay. I don't care. Diet or regular? No, no, no. Oh, well, thank you. Okay. Thank you, sir, because that's the case. Cannot be diet. It has to be the, the sugary the kind. full sugar. Okay. Uh, and again, if you don't like soda, a, a half dozen donuts. That'll probably work for you, too. Okay. A dozen is probably better. A cake. Eat All a these whole numbers. cake a day. I hope our listeners are taking notes. <laughs> But my point is, is just every day start eating really high sugar content food okay. and, and do that every day for at least a year. Now, now here's where the commitment thing comes in, because, uh, you know, I did this for at least 25 years. So I don't know that I can guarantee the same results to you if you only do it for a year. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Because the longer you commit to this, the better results you're going to have. But so you do that for a long length of time. Whether you feel like it or not, eat those donuts. <laughs> Keep Drink eating those sodas. And then you stop doing whatever it is you're doing, and your weight will just, it just flies off. It's amazing. In no time at all, you'll be losing pound after pound after pound. But the, the thing is, you've got to make that commitment to be doing that for at least like, well, a year at least. I'm saying again, five, ten years. So you got to bulk up, <laughs> get right. that sugar intake, yeah, and yeah. then just quit cold turkey. Quit, quit, quit drinking the soda or eating the donuts, and you're just surprised how the weight will just, it'll just, it just falls off you. It literally does. A pound after That's pound. the secret. Huh? That's the secret. Wow. So, <laughs> so all you skinny like, people out there, this is why you can't lose weight. I like half that plan. You like half that plan? I like half that idea. The, the eating the I like donuts? the eating the donuts and the, the <laughs> The soda part. But. Okay. So that's our April Fool's <laughs> help today. Uh, um, by the way, we do want to apologize. Apparently, one of our listeners, Sherry, uh, uh, Sherry, was listening to us, and and she literally snorted uh, at, at the. Uh, she was there at the gym, <laughs> working out when she was listening on a podcast, and she literally snorted in front of everyone in laughter. That's <laughs> so great. We we apologize to anyone <laughs> who's embarrassed themselves. Oh, we've got to get on because my wife says, get on to the stuff. I'm tired of that stupidity. She I thought said. Lynn was going to be the secret to your, your your weight loss. No, no, no. She got me skinny. Yeah. When when I came to her, I was already You're skinny. You're already skinny. Yep, yep, yep. Slim so. and trim. So here's the thing, I, I, and and uh, the feeding the five thousand. So those are talking about food. Feeding the five thousand. You, you preach on that on occasions, don't you? Oh yeah, it comes up all the time. Yeah, well, you know why that is. It's in all four of the gospels, there, there right? Go. The only miracle I think it's I, in all four so. gospels. And all four gospels. And so you're a three year guy. You're doing Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew yep, yep. this year, right? That's right. So chances are every year you're going to be doing that. Yep. Uh, I, I've converted to the one year lectionary, the historic one year lectionary. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, you keep rubbing that in. The, the lectionary we should all be doing. Uh -huh, We've done uh -huh. it for hundreds of years, <laughs> and then sometimes in the sixty, you modern kids. Uh, but anyway, so we get to do it every year too. And it's a traditional lesson that comes up during the season of Lent. And we'll talk about why that might be. But do you want to do that with me? Do let's do it. Right. Let's so talk let's, food. Let's listen about the story of the feeding of the 5,000. John chapter 6. All right. Very good. 
Let me get started? Sure. Okay, verse 1. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is called the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain and there sat down with his disciples. Now, the Passover, the Feast of the Jews, was at hand. Uh, now, I, I think that's probably why, historically, this was part of the Lenten uh, lessons, because the Passover is at hand. Okay, yes. So this text is happening right before the stuff we're actually going to be doing a week from today. In fact, that's what we're going to do next week. We're going to kind of get you into Holy Week uh, as part of Wrestling with the Basics. So anyway, that that's the context. The Passover sure. is at hand. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, big high point for the Jews. It is, yeah. exactly. And, and for us, too, because that's Most when definitely. Jesus Christ suffers and dies for our sins. Okay, go ahead. Now, okay, verse 5. Uh, lifting up his eyes then, seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Okay, let's just stop there. So, Matt, like I said, this comes up every year, no matter what lectionary you're using. So what kind of things do you usually talk about when you talk about the feeding of 5,000? Well, I think one of the, the things that I like to, to bring up is how Jesus cares about the everyday needs of yeah, the people. Yeah. I think that's important to recognize, too. That that we see all these different miracles, we see him heal. We, we just, for instance, in the three-year electionaries, figure that we just had this reading of a, a man born blind. Ah, Jesus okay, says, yeah. No one's ever done that. No one has ever healed someone who was born blind. Uh, Jesus raises the dead. He does all these miraculous things. But we see here too that Jesus just cares about people having enough to eat, having a meal. And and that's that's a comfort that Jesus cares about those those big needs that we have, those miraculous type needs, you know, our 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 sicknesses, our sorrows, and even our sin, most importantly. Yeah. But he also cares about just these these little needs too, just that this crowd is is hungry. Well, you know, and that's kind of interesting because so John sets the context that it's near the Passover, and of course John knows and we know that Jesus is going to take care of the big need, the, yeah. the need of salvation yeah, exactly. and forgiveness. But you're right; he's also concerned about. Well, isn't that what he told us to pray? Give us this day, exactly. Uh, and isn't it interesting in the Gospel of John, the very first miracle is the same kind of thing where they're they're running out of wine, and so he turns water into wine, which you kind of think, well, they could have done without wine, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, so he's concerned about all those yeah. things. Yeah, and I think it's just important to recognize we don't have a Savior who either cares for our big spiritual needs or our little physical needs. No, we have a Savior that cares for both, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, the, the big spiritual needs, forgiveness, life, salvation, but also those little everyday physical needs, uh, that, that daily bread that you talked about. And now, now here's the new thing that I learned this time when I was going through it that, that feeds off of just what you said. Not only is he concerned about all of our needs, both of spirit and of body, even the little things like what are we going to eat today, but he's concerned about it even before we're concerned about it. Yeah. That, that's what I thought was needed. <laughs> he's the one text. who brings it up here, the need. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly. He brings yeah. it up. No one else is thinking about it at this time. No one else is thinking about, man, we got 5,000 people here in the wilderness. That might actually get to be an issue. No one's raising their hand saying, uh, I'm hungry. No one's saying, when are we going to eat? But Jesus is already thinking about this. And of course, what I really like is he's already got it figured out. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what he's going to do. <laughs> so, so, and this is the beautiful thing for all of our listeners. As Matt pointed out, he's concerned about every need you have. Don't think that there's some need you have that's too small for Jesus to be worried about. And in fact, not only is he concerned, but he's already got it all figured out how he's going to handle that. 
And, and you haven't even got concerned about it yet, and he's already got it figured out. Uh, in fact, doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible, even before the desires of our heart reaches our lips, he's already answered our prayers? I think there's yeah, something to yeah. that effect. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that. Well, I mean, certainly. You, know. <laughs> you remember something like that, don't something you? Something like that. You know, I, there's the one by the Holy Spirit interceding for us. It's kind oh, of there some, you I go. don't know. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's probably a couple good ones. <laughs> so if you know where that's at in the Bible, email us. <laughs> So, so uh, here's the other thing I think that that's interesting, uh, and it shows you what a loving Savior it is. He he's doing this for people that it don't, don't really deserve it. They don't really deserve it. Yeah. Uh, um, in fact, I'm see see the one year lectionary. We don't have the advantage of you three year guys. <laughs> Because you, you can you, you can take any gospel you want. You know? Uh huh. Yeah. We, we yeah. got to pick one of the four. So you're um, stuck with John here. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And I, but I think that's why they they chose John was because John is the one who tells that this crowd really didn't deserve Jesus' concern. In fact, uh, later on in John chapter six, he says, "You know, the only reason you were following me, you you, you didn't want to be my disciples. You you weren't concerned about my teaching. You, you were just following me because I was filling your stomachs up." Yeah. Uh, and in fact when we get to the end of this text, uh, he'll say that, that John will tell us they wanted to rise and make him king. They wanted to make him another Trump, right? Well, but seriously, that that's all they were interested yeah, yeah. in. Sure. Is what was good for them. Uh, um, but I think God does the same thing today too, right? For oh, people yeah, who don't deserve yeah. it. We think of the verses as how God makes the rain fall on the righteous and the there unrighteous, giving them bread to the eater. Yeah. Yep. So he does that today too. Maybe not in the same obvious, miraculous way with our own visible eyes that we can see, but um, he does it through the rain and the sun and all that he sends today. So so in that same passage where he accuses them of just falling in for his stomach, he goes on to say, you know, you really need to seek the things that have to do with the Spirit, the, the things that will give you eternal life. That's what you need to seek after. But these people aren't seeking after that. They're, they're just stuck here with their earthly needs. And yet, as you said, Jesus still provides for them. Uh, again, uh, give us this day our daily bread in the catechism. That's what we're told. He, he gives, You don't have to pray for it. He's going to give it to you anyway. But we pray for it so that we will realize that actually. Actually, uh, the Father is giving us all these things. Think about the disciples, though, Matt. Were they any better here? Were they any more deserving of this miracle? What, 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 well, let's read more of the text. Sure. Here. All right. In fact, maybe you should pick up that verse again where he, he sure. said... Uh, so he says to Philip, where are we to buy bread that these people may eat? And verse 6, he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Uh, Philip answered him, 200 denarii, I would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But where are they for so many? Uh, so what do you think, Matt? Do you think the disciples deserve Jesus to do a wonder and miracle for them? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and why, why not? Well, I mean, Philip doesn't even seem to have that on the radar screen, right? He's, he's starting to count the money. Uh, we need at least 200 denarii here. How much do we have in the treasury, Lord? Uh, check the budget. Yeah, exactly. So it's like over a half year's wage, 200 denarii. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's what you would need. He's and not that, thinking... That of, just hardly barely get it done. Uh, yeah, yeah, barely. Everyone would have a morsel to eat. Yeah. So he's not even thinking that Jesus is going to nope, provide. Nope, nope. Yeah, and 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 Andrew, you know, Andrew seems like, oh, here he's bringing this little boy. Oh, but but then Andrew, the same thing, he cops out. He's like, yeah. well, what is this amongst? Yeah, uh, yeah. so little. You know, so I mean, many. it's just it's so pathetic. You know, I, I hate to say that, but it's a little paltry. You know, yeah, to just yeah. count the money to just bring the little boy. <laughs> Come on, guys, what are you thinking? Well, and, and 
and the thing to remember too, Matt, this is coming at the end of Jesus' ministry. Now, I can see maybe at the beginning you maybe would have some questions, but I mean, you just said it. He's healed the sick. He he gave sight to the blind. He's calmed storms. He's he's uh, uh, raised the dead. He turned water into wine. You think at least they would say this is a tough one, Jesus? But maybe there's something you can. Do. But no, no, no. they're just. I loved your phrase, not even on their radar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're so, trying to solve it themselves. Oh, there you they're, go. They're counting their own money. They're they're bringing, you know, they're, they're trying to find someone with some food, and they're not looking at Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. They're not looking to him to provide. And, and, and lest we be too critical of the disciples, is that not what we do all the time, too? Oh, my goodness. When, when, Constantly. When, yeah, when these struggles come right away, we think we've got to come up with a solution. It's up to us to solve the problem. And I'm not saying there aren't things that we need to do, because we're going to see that. These disciples will actually have a big assignment in terms of fulfilling this wondrous miracle. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, like you said, maybe we should start by going to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and say, yeah. this may be a little bigger than we can handle, Lord, so what is your plan how do you want to work this all out and that's the remarkable thing even though the crowd is not really seeking after him not seeking the things of the spirit that they should even though the disciples after all the miracles don't trust him but let's see what jesus does do you want to read the rest of the story Uh, verse 9 uh verse 10 let's do verse 10 jesus said have the people sit down now there was much grass in that place so the men sat down about five thousand in number Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them so that those uh, distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, "Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost." So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said. This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, want to, we just need a Donald Trump. Let's make <laughs> Israel great again. Uh, missing, of course, the whole thing that, no, this is somebody that can not only feed your belly, but he can do better than that. He can give you eternal life. So here's how I see this going, Matt. So now Jesus has said, guess what, guys? You get to help feed 5,000 people. Let's start divvying this stuff up. Uh, And, of course, the disciples are probably hungry, too. And you know how it is. When you see the food, you're smelling the food, you're probably getting hungrier and hungrier. And it's like, here's, here's my analogy. It's like being in the line at the church potluck and wondering whether there'll be any cream puffs left for you at the end. <laughs> okay. You made me laugh again, John. I'm sorry. I know uh, the feeling about the cream puffs, though. Because you can see them. They're, They're there. there. I know. <laughs> but, Pastors try to be polite and go last. That's <laughs> right. uh, and, of course, that's the beauty of the thing. There's 12 basketfuls of, of bread. And More fish. than enough. Yeah. So each one for the disciples. God took care of them, too. And isn't it remarkable, though, that he would take this little boy? Because he didn't have to have the little boy. He didn't have to have the disciples. He didn't need five loaves of barley. He didn't need two fish. He could have just snapped his fingers and fed everybody. He does it. He does it all the time. But I I think it indicates what you kind of hinted at earlier. God just likes to use the resources he has down here on earth, even if people don't give him credit. Isn't that amazing? 
you know, even if they don't give God credit because they think it's the fisherman or the farmer or the baker, but actually it's God it's still today working behind all of these things, feeding not just thousands, but millions and millions of people every day. So now that's that's basically the lesson that I had out of it. Anything else that you you would have if you had been preaching on this? Well, you know, I... Uh... I think it's kind of interesting. He did this to test them, for he himself oh, knew what yeah. he would do. I think yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. What's this deal with the testing? And, you know, this doesn't come up too much that God's testing. Yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I think of, for instance, Abraham and, and the oh, sacrifice yeah. of Isaac. Yeah. You know, that, that words used there in Hebrew, of course, but testing Isaac. You know, what's going on here? And I think, you know, that, that Jesus has a purpose behind all this, too. And I think the purpose in the testing is for their faith to be strengthened, exactly. that exactly. they would look to him and not to themselves, and that he's you know just constantly teaching and teaching his disciples and, and the whole crowd here at, at this event, too, um, that they would look to him for their strength, for their sustenance, for, for all that they need. Um, so I think, really, you know, Jesus is doing this ultimately out of love for them, too, and it's maybe only when their bellies are, are empty and growling ah. and they, they don't have anywhere to turn and that they've done all they could to do it that he finally says, all right, sit down. Let me take Let it me from here. Yeah. And then they see that he's going to provide. You know, their faith is strengthened. And, and I'm glad you brought up Abraham because I, I think that proves that it doesn't really matter how you do on the test. Because Abraham, of course, succeeded in the test. Even though he was to sacrifice his son, he, he did that, which I'm thinking, wow, that's a remarkable thing to do. Although in the end, it's the same thing. God says, no, 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 I don't need your son here. I'll provide a ram for yeah. the sacrifice. So in the end, yeah, God is the one that provides. In this case, of course, they fail the test because they don't think that Jesus can do anything, or at least it doesn't occur to them that he can do anything. Mm-hmm. And yet, in the end, he still does take care of them and provide for them. So so understand that when the Bible says he tests us, it's not really so much whether you're going to get the test right or wrong, but it's just as you said, Matt, boy, I think you hit it right on the head there. It's that when it's all said and done, you realize, no, Jesus is the one who's going to take care of us no matter what, yeah. no matter what. Um, now, however, real quick before we're done, do you ever allegorize? Do you ever do any allegories in your sermons? Well, sure, make yeah, yeah, every once in a while. Well, well you know, because because that was the way they did it back at since this is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Sure, uh, that's how they did it. And so when Luther preaches a sermon, he'll give you what you and I did, uh-huh. and then he says, "Now here's the allegorical yeah, meaning yeah. of it." So you want to know what some of Luther's allegories? All right, were? let's lay it on us. All right, well, well Luther thought that uh, uh, the twelve baskets represented the 12 apostles of the New Testament. So that was symbolic of the 12 apostles. He thought the basket that the little boy brought, that represented the Old Testament. So you got five barley loaves, you got five books of Moses, right? Okay. You got two fish, well, they represented the patriarchs like Abraham and the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah. So for Luther, this parable was not about being fed physically, but <laughs> now you got me doing oh, it. Oh, no. Uh-oh, it's catching. And it's catching. It was about being fed spiritually. See? So God feed—and and indeed, Luther says that's why John emphasizes the fact that they were on the grass, because this was the old way of doing things. And grass withers and fades, and you can't eat grass. But now God is feeding us in a new and a better way, because he's feeding us with the words of Jesus uh, and, and the holy gospel and all of that. And now I'll add you to finally my allegory on here. Okay. Isn't it amazing 
that he feeds 5,000 people with something that seems inadequate. In fact, that was the whole point. What are you going to do with five barley loaves and two fish? How are you going to feed 5,000 yeah. people? And yet it occurred to me that's the same way he feeds us spiritually. He takes something that seems entirely inadequate to our reason. He takes the water of baptism. He takes the little wafer and the little sip of wine of communion and rationally would say, well, how could that possibly forgive our sins? How could that possibly give us heaven and eternal life? But again, that's the point. It's not just a little bread, a little wine, a little water. It's a little bread, a little wine, a little water with Jesus and with Jesus' word. And as you see in this text, if you got Jesus in his word, even a little thing can accomplish great and wondrous miracles. And so we believe that, yeah, the little water and the little bread and the little wine accomplishes the great miracle of eternal life and salvation and forgiveness. So that was my allegory, Matt. Anything you want to say while we wrap up? That's a great way to end. uh, again, if you if you have time to stop by Ascension, get a little a oh, little yeah. egg, a little chocolate. There you go. <laughs> it's not quite the same. And, and what well, you're going to be getting, you're gonna be getting Jesus. Word of God there That's too. exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So anyway, a great and, insight. And you know, chocolate and Jesus, you can't do better than both I know, of those. I know. If you just have bacon, maybe we can work <laughs> in a little bacon. Maybe next year. <laughs> okay. God's blessings to you, Matt. You too, John.